Hello, and welcome to The Delicious Truth with Gloria Cotton. I'm Gloria. During this podcast, we're going to cover a variety of topics that are impacting our everyday lives. We'll look at four things for each topic. One, the absolute empirical truth. That's all about the facts and data. Then we'll look at the personal experiential truth. And that's about how those facts and others do and don't show up in people's lives and their experience of them. Next, the consequential, impactful truth. The difference this makes in people's lives. And finally, you'll hear about resources and solutions you can use to empower yourself and others. All right, so welcome back to the Delicious Truth podcast. And today I am so excited to have as our guest, Cecilia B. Loving. She's the Deputy Commissioner and Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer of the Fire Department of New York, New York. But so many other accolades. She's a lawyer. She's uh, an instructor and a practitioner of uh, healing practices and so many wonderful things. It's, it's lovely to think about these. Usually people think of hard things about being a chief diversity officer and then being a lawyer. And I love the combination of spirit, the whole person that uh, the commissioner has. So um, before we get into having a discussion, uh, Commissioner Loving, I just want you to know how grateful I am you are on this podcast. And thank you so much. Thank you. And I'm delighted to to be here to talk about the the work that we do, what I sometimes call the good medicine. Mm. Um, you know, my mandate is to help the fire department to provide thought leadership in that area. And so we look at the work that we do, mind, body, and soul. And so mm. I'm really grateful to be part of the journey, to have the opportunity to combine so many aspects of the things that I feel I was called to do, as you mentioned, in the law, also mm -hmm. in the arts, mm -hmm. and most definitely in the spirit. Mm. So thank you for mentioning that because the title of this broadcast is The Spirit of Inclusion. How did you even come up with that? So um, that's a great question because I was trying to um, look at the diversity and inclusion space from the perspective of what I have to offer uniquely. And, you know, when you read about a lot of the, the books and the writings and the teachings in the area, it focuses so much on the diversity aspect and a lot less on inclusion, which is mm. so much more difficult. Mm -hmm. And I, I've taught and teach uh, many, many, on many different occasions, uh, courses, and I've written on the power of inclusion. But uh, I really believe that inclusion is about that four-letter word that we so rarely use in the workplace, which is spelled L-O-V-E. Come on. And, um, <laughs> you know, if we could rewrite that ancient text, we could do it in one word, which would be love. And so to me, when we really dig deep to do the work that needs to be done to move the artificiality of this construct that we call race 
to really be present and available to each other in a holistic way, we are talking about the spirit. Yeah. We're not limiting ourselves to something that is superficial, but something that digs deep within us all and makes us realize that we are all equally connected. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, you using words that I'm just loving. So that the connection part and you know, as a, a diversity, equity and inclusion professional myself, many of the things we talk about is empathy. Um, and what I tell people is, you know what? Empathy is your ability to connect with the human being even if you cannot connect with their experience. Can you connect? I haven't gone through that. I've not, yet, I've not lived through uh, someone in my family dying of COVID. I've not lived through somebody getting a double PhD. You know, because I can't relate to that really if it's good news, quote unquote, or bad news, quote unquote. But I can connect with you as a human being. I can stand with you and validate you. I can be happy for you in the good times, with you in the good times. I can be there and just hold the space for you in your sadness. I don't have to be sad with you. So that spirit of connectivity is so important. And I think we have lost that. Why do you think we have lost that connection? You know, I think that through the ages, we've moved away from from our roots, from those ancient practices, Mm. you know, that some may have referred to as primitive or even savage. But those are the the tools and the gifts and the present and the deep wisdom of our ancestors that is always with us. We can always tap into and turn on. Uh, And we have looked instead at ourselves as being competitive Mm -hmm, rather mm -hmm. than to realize the heart of connection, which is what we're all about as a people on this planet. And I think that's one of the things that COVID-19 is teaching us, that we are not separate. No matter where you are on the planet, we are one. We are all experiencing the same dis-ease. Mm-hmm. And we all have to be fully present for each other. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that some, but not all of us, gratefully have lost our way because we bought into the materialism mm-hmm. instead of really recognizing that we are here for each other and it's good that the science supports that connection is important to our health and well-being, that things like giving actually boost our immune system, that gratitude is important in making us feel well and whole. And so the more we give to each other those things, the more we build connection. Yeah. I was... I was talking to someone um, the other day who was talking about diversity and inclusion, what we call, you know, for short, the DNI space. Mm -hmm. And they were looking at it in terms of recruitment or or jobs. And and I said, you know, it's more than that. It's establishing an entire ecosystem of support for each other. Yeah, you know, the the whole thing about giving, I and because I've really been particularly since uh, the public execution of Mr. George Floyd. And that's how I refer to it every single time. The man didn't just die. It wasn't even that he was murdered. It was that he was executed publicly 
Um, I've had to do a lot of soul searching and reflection and talking to and with my spirit. And I was like, what is the problem that we are having? And I think it's because people are afraid. And I said, afraid of what? And because people are greedy. Well, why are they greedy? And it's because they don't think there's enough. Enough what? And it comes down to that four-letter word that you were saying. I don't have enough love in my life. So I try to fill that gap with things, money, and other things I'm addicted to, drugs, uh, sex, uh, power. But that only gives me temporary breathing room. And then I have to run harder in that race to try to get that level and more again. What what would your response be when I say that to you? I think it's a lack of the belief, because I don't think you really can be lacking in love, but the belief and the operation that there's not enough love out here, and then that propels us into this dark place. What do you think about that? Well, you know, one thing that comes to mind immediately is the importance of practicing the presence. And the love, as you say, is available to us. It's everywhere present. But the way that we tap into and we turn on our connection Mm. is to have a daily and a consistent practice. And so no matter how rushed I am, for example, I want to take time to go into the silence on a daily basis. Mm. And I cut on, you mentioned my meditation that I share daily on the mindfulness blog. I go into my meditation and I have that moment where I'm sitting and I'm breathing and I'm tapping into that unseen beyond the materiality, beyond Mm. the messiness beyond the struggle and the stress and the strife to go into that space that we all share that is in the unseen. Mm -hmm. And we can access, we can call it many names, depending upon what our personal theologies are. But, you know, some of us can call it the quantum realm. We can call it God. We can call it the unseen. We can call it divine mind. We can call it infinite possibilities. We can call it infinite potential. We can call it inexhaustible supply. But it all boils down to love. Mm -hmm. And I go into that energy in that space of love and I connect with it. And I just don't try to hoard it to myself. But part of being in that space is realizing that we share it with others and we can send it throughout the entire planet. I take time to speak words of power. You know, we talk about speaking truth to power, but so rarely do we do it. And so I repeat those important affirmations to myself. I speak that truth to power into the universe and then I move forth. And unless you have that consistent practice you will find yourself moving to and fro with all the materiality that surrounds you. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things to me that's very important. I'm so grateful to see that a mindfulness, whatever you want to call that meditation practice that helps reduce judgment. Um, it also re- helps reduce implicit bias. And so we make it a fundamental part of our work. Um, I'm grateful that I also chair and help. Uh, I'm one of the founders 
of the New York City Bar Association's first mindfulness and well-being committee. And so that's all about bringing that practice, yes, to our legal field. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Lawyers or judges or support staff. Uh, And so, you know, one thing that I'm really grateful of is that I think more and more people are open and receptive Mm -hmm. to this other dimension of how we deal with each other. They're trying to find a way. Some of them call it mindfulness. But I mean, many are uh, becoming to, you know, starting to understand and come to terms with the fact that it's so important to their own self-care, their Mm -hmm. own compassion and and well-being for self in order to be fully available to others, but also for how they relate to one another Mm -hmm. and um, and so when you look at George Floyd, it's so unfortunate what happened to him as an individual. But I love what his daughter said. She mm-hmm. said, my daddy changed the world. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. he opened up a wound, mm-hmm. a wound that needed to be open for mm-hmm. us to begin to come to terms with each other. Things that we, you know, we know about, we deal with on a daily basis, but so many have ignored, so many who have been closed to the conversation of racial inclusion and equity and what white fragility is and uh, how pain we experience. Pain yes. period, yes. So that's what immediately comes to my mind when you when you talk about um, why we need to to shift our focus into that that deep wisdom and that that good medicine Mm -hmm. um, for which I think we're we're here on this planet for. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things that I'm, I'm great for acronyms. And so I heard you say several minutes ago about tapping into practice. And I thought. This is the tip for the day, the tapping the T-I into practice. This is the tip of the day to begin your day and to end your day. And anytime throughout the day, make sure that you are tapping into the practice for that, that good medicine, you know, that, that we have. What are some of those words of power that you say to yourself? Because you know what? Sometimes people don't have a clue. The self-talk that some of us you know, on a daily basis, have on a loop can sometimes be part of the problem that we have about making ourselves small and diminishing our uh, our minds and our hearts. So what are some of those words of power that you use or would recommend? I am definite and positive. I am constructive and productive. I am dynamic creative and alive. I am loved, beloved, and grateful. Therefore, I always have wonderful experiences, beautiful results, excitement, and happiness. And and what I want to share about those words is that I learned them when I was a teenager. I learned them uh, now... uh, almost 50 years ago, and they have stayed with me. Uh, When I was growing up in Detroit, I had the opportunity to go to a place that in Detroit was known as the home of love. 
And it was led by uh, a DJ there named Martha Jean Steinberg, or we called her Martha Jean the Queen. And she taught us the some of the, the meditation techniques and uh, affirmations and the power of them. And that was one that as kids, we, we recited. And so oftentimes when I go to a school, when I speak, I share that affirmation. I share it with adults. I encourage my colleagues to teach it to their kids. Yeah. Um, and so uh, I say things of that sort. I wonder if you would do me a favor and just say that again, because it's such a, a wonderful mantra. Um, and I know people will be listening to this and they can rewind and that sort of thing. But I just want the energy of it to be uh, to permeate through the rest of our time together. So if you would, please just go back and, and say that once more. I am definite and positive, constructive and productive, dynamic, creative and alive. I am love, be loved and grateful. Therefore, I always have wonderful experiences, beautiful results, excitement and happiness. Wow. Thank you for that blessing. For y'all who are listening, I hope you can feel it because I definitely can. I have chills. I have a full body chill right now all, all over goosebumps or I call them God bumps all over because that energy of your words, the vibration was just a gift. Thank you. Thank you. Whoa. Wow. So we talked about inclusion and I know that I agree with you. Um, people put energy on, it's either one or two things. They either want to put all the focus and attention on diversity or they want to ignore diversity altogether. But, but one of the questions that I have for you is, what do you think, why do you think um, inclusion begins with the letter I? I love that question um, because that's the heart and soul of, of, our work and what we do, you really do have to start with yourself. If you don't, Mm -hmm. you don't have the capacity to be present for someone else. You have to learn what your triggers are. You, it's part of that emotional intelligence that we talk about in terms of Mm self-awareness. So you can have self-regulation and be, as you said, empathetic and, and humble and, um, exercise more pro-social, which is inclusive behavior. And, you know, one of the ways we uh, begin to deal with the eye uh, is not only through meditation and mindfulness practices, but also through restorative work. We do healing circles and uh, we, we've been calling them courageous conversations on racial inclusion. But it's really a space where you're able to build a safe container to share your truth. And the biggest lesson about circles is that you're speaking from the eye. As as one of my colleagues said, it's like looking into a mirror and talking to yourself while other people witness. And because others are present, because they are listening to learn and sharing to know then it helps expand your consciousness in a way that you otherwise would not have because you are open to 
your story, but you're also healing Mm -hmm. and you're receiving the richness of the stories from others. And so we've been doing a number of these healing circles at work, at the fire department. I've been asked to lead them for other organizations. So I've been, I recently did one for the New York City Law Department. We had over 200 of their leaders who were in circle. Yes, we did virtual circles with over 200 people. Mm. And so it's an exciting time Mm -hmm. that that we are available. And you can actually have that kind of intimacy in a virtual space. Because Mm -hmm. just imagine if we tried to do that physically, it would be a lot more different, a lot uh, much more difficult to, to execute. Yes. And so, um, you know, that's that's one of the ways that we deal with the eye, that we we face our eye. We're available for the stories of others and we hold space and build that psychological safety that's necessary to show up as your authentic self. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You know, I think one of the gifts of this time interesting time that we're in with these three pandemics of health with COVID and uh, uh, the pandemic of uncertainty and financial uh, concern and fear that many people have and the pandemic of racism and all the other things that are going on. I think one of the gifts is that many of us have had to slow down um, and really begin to have more intimacy with ourselves. You mentioned the word intimacy and I, I, I intimate relationships, and I love that. But you know what the truth is? You talked about people looking at themselves in the mirror. Some people look at themselves in the mirror and they do not like what they see. What would you, what advice would you have for someone and that's been earned. I see. I never disrespect people for whatever it is they're feeling because your life has earned that. But what would you say to someone who, okay, Cecilia Glow, I looked at myself in the mirror and I'm about to throw up in the back of my mouth. What do you say to those people? So to me, once again, it's what, you know, we've already been talking about in terms of the eye and putting that that love behind the eye and looking at ourselves with compassion mm. as you as you indicated we have that also that inner critic mm-hmm. that is there with all of us that negativity bias mm-hmm. and we have to uh, mm-hmm. make sure that we are compassionate for mm-hmm. ourselves we judge ourselves so incredibly harshly and it is just being loving and forgiving, forgiving and being able to release those things that we have been holding on to, that baggage that we've been carrying, to let go of the shame and the blame and the guilt that we have Mm. and just release and let it go and be able to do as, if I could quote a scripture, as Paul says, I die daily. Mm. to be able to release and let go and move forward with a new self, because that's the beauty of the now moment. That's the beauty of the breath we take in meditation, that we can start anew in a second. 
that we can walk through and enter into a new possibility. As Arun Hadi Roy, the, the writer, said, the pandemic is really a gateway. It's a portal to a new opportunity to be better. Exactly. We can walk through as our old selves or and drag all that prejudice and hatred, or we can walk through brand new. And so when we look in that mirror, each time we look, that's an opportunity for us to go through brand new. And as you say, and I'm so glad you you remind us that this pandemic forces us to go within, to listen to ourselves, to observe mm-hmm. what we're doing, and to be accountable mm-hmm. in an entirely new way. Mm-hmm. You know, I um, words are so important. Uh, and for years, I heard um, going on uh, scavenger hunts. And people would use that in, even in gamifying and that sort of thing. When it comes to the human spirit and the human relationship with yourself and others, I encourage people to go on treasure hunts. So, you know, maybe it is when I look at myself in the mirror and I don't like what I see, I'm recanting, recalling things that I don't like that I might not be proud of, you know, okay, acknowledge that because it's there, obviously. But I also encourage people to say, and what else? I mean, look for other treasure and, and. Instead of the but, but the and, what else is there? Through the eyes of love and through the eyes of one word you mentioned that just rang all kinds of bells for me was compassion. So, Cecilia, I want to ask you, how would you define compassion? Because you know what? Some people don't have a clue what that means for real. For me, it is being... um, Loving and kind mm. uh, to to oneself, to each other, it is is showing up and being fully available. And um, to me, it's also being open. And when when you just um, gave that the wonderful um, story about treasure hunting and, and looking at yourself and discovering your own treasures, which is something I definitely will take with me, it, it also involves a sense of gratitude mm-hmm. and, and, and not one that requires us to see something in the tangible or the physical, mm-hmm. but just presence, just being grateful. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, that kind of compassion is to me what opens doors and opportunities and is really the fullness of, of what we've started talking about with regard to the spirit of inclusion. It is all about being compassion, being open and available and kind and wanting to see others succeed and move forward in the same way that you would yourself in the same way that you would the person that you most care about. And if you're available Mm -hmm. to show up for everyone in that way, then we've really done what we need to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That is our opportunity, isn't it? Oh my goodness. You you say things that trigger other things in my mind. And I want to thank you for that. You, You talked about opening the doors of opportunity. And, and here's what I thought in my mind. There is sometimes at Christmas, I will see the image of a house that has a lot of mini doors on it. 
So it will be like 25 different doors on there and you open each one every day. And as uh, I've seen many times with parents that will put a little knickknack or something in each door that the child can then open and have a little gift every day leading up to Christmas. Sometimes it's just the 12 days of Christmas. Um, Sometimes it's a word or a note. And I'm wondering if we went on that kind of treasure hunt with ourselves where we looked at ourselves and the many doors into ourselves and just open one every day and discover a treasure about ourselves. We might have to go more deeply into the house of ourselves. (laughs) It might be just at the store, at the steps, at the front door, but we might have to go into the basement or the attic or the cellar to find that. But if we gave ourselves that opportunity every day, do you think that might be a good practice? That would be a wonderful practice to to recognize the gifts that we have. And, you know, some people say they have a difficult time discovering what those gifts are. And a lot of it really depends on what we love to do. Yes. What are our talents? What are our skills? What are those deep desires that the universe is calling us to share with others, not for ourselves, mm. but for other people? When we recognize those, when we use those, then we're really in tune with what you're describing. We've opened all those little doors. We've discovered our gifts. And by digging deeper and sharing more, we just discover more and more about ourselves and make ourselves available to give more. And the more we give, we know the more we receive. And so that's part of the connection. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Commissioner Loving. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Wait a minute. Because you are circling back to this whole giving thing. I am so loving you right now because here's what you said. I'm excited about it. Let me calm down. I love what you said about our gifts that we are then to give to others. They're there to help and benefit others. This is so scrumptious right now. That is so delicious. This is part of the delicious truth, y'all. Oh my goodness. I, I often will tell people, you know what? It's a blessing to be a blessing, but you have to understand that I'm blessed first to be a blessing to you. Oh my goodness. That is so exciting. Well, you know, you're reminding me of a story that um, I was working on a title to my first book and I I went to church. And at that time I, I went to service at Brooklyn Tabernacle. And the pastor symbol of there, he said, and, you know, I was spirit led to go to church that day. And as soon as he got up, he said, I have been working on a title to my book. And I thought, wow, I'm in the right place at the right time. But (laughs) he didn't focus on what he needed. He focused on what the congregation needed. And he said, it dawned on me that all of you are trying to work on something for yourselves. And if you are, come up to the front. And I I went, jumped up and I went up to the front and he prayed over all of us to see the manifestation of whatever it was we needed. And the following day, I went to my office and someone came by and visited a pastor from a church who wanted me to work on a project with her. She came to my, my law office at the time. And when she got ready to walk out of the door, She turned to me and she said, you are just standing on the edge of greatness. And I thought, wow, 
That's the name of my book. Prayers for those standing on the edge of greatness. And in writing it, I realized, and it was difficult in the beginning to let it go. And my lesson in that was that the book was not for me. Mm -hmm. It was for others. That really resonates (laughs) with me uh, when we talk about what we give to others. Oh, my mercy. Oh, my. And you know what the thing is? That sometimes we know what those things are and sometimes we don't. But you know what? It is all delicious. Even the way uh, the name of this podcast, The Delicious Truths, my team, which is so wonderful, Brandy's and Chris uh, had helped to source out and to vet different names for this podcast. And I was speaking, I was running uh, some of them by uh, a friend of mine. She lives in New York, actually, um, and she is a producer of uh, film and that sort of thing. Um, If you all are listening to this, you can go to, in season one, Barb Lee, where she talks about coughing while Asian. That's the woman I was talking with. And I I ran those things by her because she's into marketing and all of that. And she said, Glow, why don't you have the word delicious in it? You talk about the deliciousness of life and what's delicious all the time. I had never thought about it, but when she said it, it was like I exhaled. It was like, oh, I know it. That was her gift to me in the moment, gift through the universe to me in the moment (laughs) about what the name of this is going to be. People are giving us gifts all the time. It's just, do we slow down enough to recognize them and to even open them and to use them? And and you, I think also that the more we, in fact, I know the more we are tuned in to the universe, the more we meditate, the more we are accessing the unseen, the more we slow down and we stop listening to the noise around us and we turn within Yes. We're even more open and receptive to the gifts that are available to us, to the gifts in other people, to reaching out, to listening, to connecting with new people. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's, you know, it's all there, as, as I often used to say um, when I did more uh, lecturing in the church, our good is right in front of us. Come on. It Come is right on. there. It's, you yeah. know, it's just like the the widow's flower and oil that it just kept giving. It just keeps giving. Mm. I'm going to ask you, what is a final word that you have for us? But here's what came to me as you were saying that those good things are just right in front of us. And they're also deep inside of us. We just have to allow them to flow from us. So what final word? do you have for people? The the final word that, that I have, and, and my colleagues um, have a hashtag for me, they mm-hmm. call me hashtag loving factor. And that is just to weave in love into everything that you do. Um, and, and, and I never thought about the fact through many years that my name is Cecilia 
be loving. You know. And <laughs> it's, it's, it's taking that energy and giving it to ourselves, realizing that we don't rob ourselves when we give it to others, but that it's really inexhaustible. Spreading that not only through thoughts, through meditation, but all through, also through kind words, mm-hmm. and deeds, how you do your work, how you address your family and your colleagues. If you do that, then uh, you are always lifting up the spirit of inclusion. Mm. I thank you. I thank you for those uplifting words uh, that hopefully will inspire and remind people that we have within us the power to lift ourselves up, to see and include ourselves and others. Let's just have a party. Let's just have a loving party. I love it. A delicious one. (laughs) Look at you. Look at you. I want to thank you so much for being with us. Listen, y'all need to get a listen. I have some of uh, Dr. Loving's. You didn't have that title, but I'm just giving it to you now. Dr. Loving's books. Oh, my goodness. You y'all need to read about this. The uh, what is the title? I want to get it right about the girl. God is a brown girl too. God is a brown girl too. Speaking as ourselves. I want y'all to say it one more time. God is a brown girl too. Okay. As as the ancient text says, I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. We are not separate from, but we are one. We We live, move, and have our being in spirit. I am so glad that we are one. I am so glad. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for the impartation of so much love. Uh, Cecilia B. Loving, you certainly have been loving on this podcast today. And the final word I have for you is thank you so much. There is a hug in your future if you want one. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I openly receive it (laughs) and send it. Thank you. Oh, my goodness gracious. Was that scrumptious or what? I want to just say, you all, this podcast with Cecilia B. Loving was truly a banquet of love. Here's some of the things that stuck out for me. We need to tap into the practice of loving. Get into the practice of love. So that's a tip for us. You know, when things are going well and when they are not, my grandmother used to say, pray in and out of season. (laughs) Another old person saying, I love old people saying, particularly now that I am an old people, was to stock up on your timber so that when you need it, you've already got it in place. So, I mean, that's one of those things, whatever practice means to you. And I hope you'll go back and listen to it again as she shares the mantra she learned when she was a, a young teenager. Some more of the things that she talked about, which really resonated with me, were your gifts are blessings to you. Yeah, they're gifts to bless you and other people. And amongst those gifts are just the giving. It's a gift to be able to give. And you know what? Compassion and forgiveness. Those are a couple of things that sometimes we fail to give to others, but it's more often that we don't even Look at ourselves through the eyes of compassion and forgiveness and love. So this, when you're looking at yourself in the mirror, make sure you're going on a treasure hunt. 
not just a scavenger hunt to find what's wrong. Yeah, if those wrong things show up, okay, fine. Don't deny them. That's part of you for whatever reason for right now. But you know what? Go on a treasure hunt and see your loving self through the eyes of love. Yeah, it's, it's there. You are a treasure. You are there. Do not deny yourself. Know that it's there. It's not just have faith, but knowing. Woo-wee. I mean, that was dessert. I tell you, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that. I know I surely did. Thank you so much. And, you know, there's a hug in your future if you want one. <laughs>